This is Donna Skoglund, and you are listening to The Pleasure Project, episode 111. So I noticed that I tend to coach people on mental habits that they have, and anything thought with repetition becomes a habituated response, meaning our brain just goes there automatically, and it becomes a little bit more of a default pattern. And I've categorized these into five mental habits, and if I had one wish, I would have everyone break these five habits. So the five habits are, and I'm just going to list them off and then I'll go into each one. So number one, beating yourself up. Number two, telling yourself that you can't do something. Number three, believing every shitty thought that pops into your head. Number four, comparing yourself to others. And number five, complaining and wishing things were different. So number one is beating yourself up. So maybe you make a decision that you regret. Maybe you're trying to follow a certain way of eating and then you eat off the plan. Or you snap at your kid. Or you stay up too late or you don't wake up early or whatever it is. And then, so you do the thing, you make the mistake, you go against your better judgment And then you layer on all this self-shaming and self-judgment and guilt. And people do this so much. And when I want you to just think about when you are feeling emotions like guilt or shame, what do you do? What kind of actions do you take from those emotions? Usually not productive ones. So when we are feeling some of those lower level emotions, like feeling critical of ourselves, disappointed of ourselves, we then often will take actions, more actions that we don't feel good about. So the result of beating ourselves up and thinking, you know, feeling those emotions is actually creating more things to feel bad about. So it becomes this vicious cycle. And then it just gets harder and harder to get out of that thought loop of, telling ourselves that we shouldn't and there's, you know, we cheated or we are bad or, you know, reprimanding ourselves. So instead of that, choose curiosity over judgment. And when I'm coaching people, I I really am looking at, okay, why? What, What was the root cause of that choice, that decision? We don't want to just go into judging the action itself. We want to get curious about why. So the reason why you take in any action is because there's a thought that you have, and it could be an unconscious thought or a conscious thought, which creates a feeling, an emotion. And your emotions are what drive your actions. So instead of going down the rabbit hole of shaming yourself, ask yourself, what was happening in that moment? How was I feeling? What was I focusing on? What was I thinking or believing that led to that choice? And that allows you to step back from the situation to kind of disidentify temporarily so that you can understand yourself more. And I think just simply doing this, I think really allows you to embrace your humanness. We all screw up. We are not perfect. We 
make mistakes and do things we regret. And often, you know, it's habitual patterns. It's, it's, you know, habits of thinking, habits of feeling, habits of acting, and it's a result of old programming. So when you understand that, you know, our, our brains are constantly creating neural networks and neural pathways, and the more we go down that road, the more we strengthen them and the more we reinforce them, which makes it more likely that we repeat those patterns. And so when we can step back and understand all that, we can gain more awareness. And so when you have more awareness in the moment, then you are able to not be so reactive. So then in the future, if this is something that you do repeatedly, maybe it is, you know, you tend to just give in to urges to eat or drink or pick up your phone or procrastinate then you can slow things down and you can interrupt those patterns and create new ones. So the second one is when you tell yourself that you can't do something. And this could be anything from something in the moment, like I've kind of been doing this with, and not even consciously, so chat GPT, <laughs> sure you've heard about, is something that I've gotten just curious about and there is a part of me that wants to try it and wants to experiment with it. But then there's another part of me that's like, oh, that seems hard and like technology is not my thing. And then so all this kind of old thoughts about that kind of, you know, technology in general have been this underlying, like, I don't know if I can figure this out. I don't know if I can do this, which has led me to not actually trying it. Despite having tons of resources available to me to learn how to do this, I just haven't taken the leap. So what often happens is when we tell ourselves that we can't do something, it's a result of the past. And it's a past-focused thinking. And we falsely just believe if we haven't, you know, if we've, we've struggled with something in the past, we're always going to struggle with it. It just becomes part of our identity. And when we think that way, it creates self-doubt. So I want you to think about when you're feeling self-doubt, what kind of actions do you take, especially in relation to that thing that you're telling yourself you can't do? Probably not. You're probably going to procrastinate. You're probably not going to take action. Maybe you'll distract yourself or busy yourself with other things, which then just reinforces the belief that you can't do it because you're not learning how to do it or figuring it out. So when you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. So when you can identify that you're doing this, you can, again, slow it down and then ask your mind better questions. So for example, I could be asking myself, okay, what do I know? Or what is you know, the smallest step I can take towards figuring this out? Well, I could just, my, my husband even, the other day, he's like, oh, have you tried this chat GPT? Let me show you how it works. And I just kind of blew it off. So I could even just say, okay, yeah, show me. I could just have him and, you know, my best friend also, she's been using it and I could just have her, I could just ask her. And I have, you know, probably a handful of videos that in my inbox that I can look at to walk me through this step by step. So it's 
turning self-doubt into being resourceful, feeling resourceful. So when you're feeling resourceful, what do you do? What kind of actions do you take? Well, you start to move towards figuring things out. You take small actions. You ask yourself better questions. You replace you know, that self-doubt, which just kind of shuts you off from possibility, to something like curiosity, which allows you to move towards that thing. So the third one is believing every thought that pops into your head. And we do this. Most of us do this. I do this. I forget not to do this. (laughs) And I forget that all my thoughts are made up. They're just sentences in my brain that are a result of all the things that I'm taking in, everything I've ever watched, seen, heard, observed. So, and, you know, it's not even mine. And a lot of the time, it's not logical. It's not true. And our brain will also latch on to negativity because negativity, if you think back from an evolutionary standpoint, anything that was a threat or danger or problem was important for us to be aware of because it would help us survive. We could avoid the danger and the threats. So now our brain is still scanning our environment and the information we're taking in for negativity to see is there anything I need to know that I need to be on the lookout for. So we end up being kind of kicked around by our monkey mind and spending a lot of mental energy on things that are not useful and they don't serve us and they don't uplift us and they don't make us feel good. So when we are believing some of those negative thoughts or disempowering thoughts, again, it's gonna create some of those unwanted emotions, which is gonna lead to unwanted actions and undesired results. So again, every thought creates a feeling, every feeling leads to actions or inactions and all our actions create our results. This is why it's so important that we notice and we observe what is happening in our brain. And so the solution is building that skill of being the observer. Meditation is one of those habits that helps us build that skill and self-coaching. So every morning I sit down and I just, it's like I take a look inside of my brain and then I, I notice what I'm thinking and then I question what I'm thinking. I ask myself, you know, why am I thinking that? Is that really true? Is there another way to look at this? What am I not noticing? What is, you know, what else is possible? Why is this a problem? So better questions lead to better answers because our brain will answer any question that you present it. So just notice what kind of questions you're asking yourself. And so when we do this, when we first look at what we're thinking and we become the observer of our thoughts and we question, then we can decide and be more intentional about what we want to focus on, what we want to think, and then that will allow us to have more intentional results. So the fourth one is comparing yourself to others. And what we do is we go on, you know, social media and we see everyone posting all their wins and successes and vacations and, you know, pretty pictures, everyone's highlight reel. And we start to believe that that's what their life looks like all the time. And then therefore, because their life looks so great and so amazing and they're so successful, 
we start to feel like that's the norm. And so they're sharing these like massive transformations and, you know, these things that happen rarely. And we just start to feel like our life should always look like that. Or, you know, if our life doesn't look like that, if we're not achieving the same level of success, then we are somehow inadequate. And I know I, d- I did this for a while where I would, you know, see other coaches and they would post about these like crazy big successes and quantum leaps in their business. And then I would look at myself and, you know, my slow growth or sometimes even no growth and feel like there was something wrong with me that I am, you know, slower or behind. And this is something I hear from people all the time that they label themselves as like, I'm, I'm just a slow learner. I, it just takes me longer. And that is a result of comparing ourselves to others. So most people are not talking about their failures and their mistakes and their weaknesses and their doubts and their fears. Although I really do appreciate when they do, but they're highlighting the great stuff, you know, for the most part. So when, again, you're just noticing that and then you're noticing where you're falling short or where you're lacking, then that feeling, it creates that feeling of inadequacy. And then just, again, think about when you're feeling inadequate, what do you do? What kind of actions do you take? Probably it leads to unproductive actions. Again, it's maybe living beneath your capacity, which then just reinforces this belief that you're not good enough. And so instead of going down, you know, that downward spiral, the alternative is to just focus, stay in your lane, celebrate your wins. And I do this every single week. I make myself look for where is my own growth? Where is my own progress? What am I learning? Where am I succeeding? Because what you focus on expands. And when you feel like you're winning, it increases confidence. And when you have more confidence, you're going to take more confident action. You're going to take actions that allow you to keep winning. All right, the last one is complaining and wishing things were different or wishing other people were different or wishing you were different. So when you fight reality, you will always lose. And it just creates unnecessary suffering. So life is 50-50. Half of the time, we will find ourselves in situations, in circumstances that we wish were different. That is just a fact. But it's what we do in those moments. Yes, we can recognize, okay, I, I do wish this was different, but then when we keep telling ourselves, like, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here, and we're not literally telling ourselves those words, but that's actually what's happening in our brain. It's like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And then we are just, again, creating those emotions from that thought. If you're thinking the thought, this sucks, this is terrible. I wish this didn't happen. I wish it was different. You're probably going to feel emotions like disappointment, negativity. Maybe it's grief or loss. So when you're in the shitty 50 of life, when you are in the situations that, yes, you wish you were different, What you're doing is what, you know, you're focusing on what's not working, what's not good. 
So you're going to feel unhappy, dissatisfied, frustrated, all those unpleasant emotions. And what you're not doing is asking your mind to see the situation differently, to find a perspective that feels better. Or even, like if you're complaining, you're just staying in the thoughts about what's happening versus if there is, let's say there's a loss and you're experiencing grief, maybe what needs to happen is for you to actually just experience grief and give yourself space to feel whatever emotion is present. And I think when we stay in the thoughts of complaining, it kind of is a way to not actually feel what we're feeling. But when you actually feel it, you can move through it instead of just kind of keeping yourself in this un, you know, undesirable emotion for a long time because you keep telling yourself thoughts about it. So when you notice that you're doing this, when you notice that you're in one of those moments, you can ask yourself, first of all, just recognize what's happening. It always starts with that self-awareness. What, how am I feeling right now? What am I focusing on? What am I thinking? And then you can see, okay, maybe you actually do want to feel sad about something. And then it's allowing yourself to feel that. So moving your awareness into your body, into actually where do I feel the sadness in my body and just paying attention to the sensation of that emotion so that you can allow it to be there and you can hold space for yourself and process it. And then again, that will be a more graceful transition out of that feeling, perhaps into feeling something different. So it's shifting that disappointment or dissatisfaction into acceptance of what is. So I hope this was helpful. Real quick, the five top mental habits to break are number one, beating yourself up. Number two, telling yourself you can't do something. Number three, reacting and believing every thought that pops into your head, comparing yourself to others, and complaining and wishing things were different. So if you want help breaking these mental habits, that is literally what we do in coaching sessions. And I will help you rewire and reprogram your mind for new habits, new habits of thinking, new habits of feeling, and new habits of action, new behaviors. So if you are ready to make some changes, reach out to me. All that info is in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. And I will talk to you soon.